0: Hey, everybody, this is Jamie
1: Du. And I'm Joe Fondo.
0: Welcome back to our podcast, Towel in the Basin.
1: Yeah, and so today, uh, my question for Jamie, for you, Jamie, is uh, this question about the problem of evil. This is a question that um, I think not everybody always knows the, the label for this question, mm-hmm. problem of evil. Mm-hmm. But it's a question that when you dive into it, it, it kind of comes up a lot. Right. Um, so maybe first of all, if you can just like tell us, and, and I'm sure some people mistake the problem of evil. So maybe you could just tell us what is the problem of evil? Mm, yeah.
0: So yeah, you're right. I mean, th- I think that this is, um, historically speaking, this has clearly been the big challenge to the Christian faith uh, that folks have had to deal with throughout Christian history. I mean, you can go all the way back to the to the ancient world and the early Christian era there, you know, with St. Augustine and his writings, they're, they're trying to answer this question in some detail in their writings, and so this has sort of been the perennial challenge, or one of the major ones, at least, that Christianity faces. Um, I don't think acknowledging that should trouble us too much, because every worldview has some kind of challenge or another, including our own, and which is to just simply say people throw out objections, and so. And I think when you when you dive into it, you start to get a sense of why this is going to resonate so deeply. I think it resonates amongst religious people. And also amongst non-religious people. So for the for the non-religious person, uh, oftentimes it is the encounter with difficulty, suffering, evil, uh, danger, sickness, and such that causes them not to believe. Mm-hmm. And then even for the Christian, it, there are times and places where because we suffer, we have difficulty hanging on to our faith. I mean, throughout my ministry, I can remember multiple times in various crises that. I found myself in ministering to people. Maybe someone just lost their life or or Mm. a child just passed or some terrible thing was just discovered. I can remember multiple times as a pastor, some of my parishioners looking at me just very honestly and very sincerely just saying, you know, Jamie, I I don't know. I don't know. I believe this stuff anymore in light of Mm. what's happening. So. You know, whether they call it the problem of evil or not, essentially what you're dealing with is the fact that we experience difficulties and sorrows in this world that seem out of place, given mm-hmm. what we believe about God. So another mm-hmm. said a different way you could say, you know, given the uh, given what we believe about God, I think for many people, you just wouldn't expect to experience the kind of things that we sometimes experience in the world. And so that seeming disconnect between what you thought it would be like because of God's existence and the nature of God and such, and by the fact that we experience something very different, that causes some tension for a lot of folks. And so in one way or another, that's what we're dealing with here. Those take intellectual forms. Those take very existential forms. But it's those kinds of experiences and realities, I think, that cause people to, to
1: be unsettled. Uh, with questions about God uh, in love and okay. evil. So, okay, so can you talk about some of those forms, like that we might see these places? You, you gave one example of how it affects people in the church, right? What are some of these other forms that the problem of evil might take?
0: Yeah, so uh, I think let me let me just say this: I think that the kinds of existential. Struggles that one would experience are the are the real issue here. I'll save that one for last, though. Maybe we even do a whole okay. podcast on that one. Okay. Um, but generally speaking, you can point to three major like kinds of struggle where this comes up. There's the first two are more intellectual and philosophical or apologetic, maybe even theological. Mm-hmm. Um, but they they take uh, logical forms, evidential forms. And then even the existential forms, and that existential is mm-hmm. talked about in various ways. Okay, so um, so logically speaking, this is definitely more of a philosophical version of the problem that we are going to encounter. And it's interesting, kind of like we we saw when we were dealing with the arguments for God's existence, where there's really not just one thing called the cosmological argument, rather there are Mm -hmm. families of argument, or there's a family called cosmological arguments. It's the same thing with these different brands of the problem of evil. Okay. So, for example, throughout history, what that would mean is you may very well have had dozens of atheist philosophers that gave us logical problems of evil for God, but they would articulate those arguments in different structures with different premises and things like that. So let me give you two kinds of examples of logical arguments. Okay. Um, So one argument comes all the way back. I mean, you could really trace this all the way back to the ancient world um, in the Greek philosophers, but David Hume was a big advocate of this kind of argument, and it would go something like this. It's a premise one, uh, God is all good. Premise two, God is all powerful. Premise three, God uh, evil exists. And Mm -hmm. essentially the implication of that, Hume argued, was that there is a logical contradiction in that set of beliefs. Okay. Mm. Now, we obviously need to unpack that. Um, So we talk about a logical – let me explain what we mean by a logical problem first. Okay. A logical problem, if this argument succeeds, then what that's going to mean is it's not just unlikely that God exists. So this isn't a probabilistic argument. This is an argument with absolute certainty. So in other words, if this argument yeah. succeeds, then it would demonstrate with absolute certainty that there is no God. So mm-hmm. atheism would necessarily be true if this argument is going to work. Mm-hmm. That's what we mean by a logical argument. Now, you may be wondering, as I say, God is all good, God is all powerful, evil exists, where is the so-called logical problem? And that's a good question, because in those first three statements, you really don't hear it. Let me explain what it would sound like if you found a logical problem, okay? And then I'll flesh that argument out a little bit just to help you see where it comes from. Okay. Okay. So a logical contradiction would sound like this. God is good. God is not good. And the argument doesn't say that, right? Mm-hmm. A, a, lo- a logical contradiction could sound like this. God is all-powerful. God has no power. That's Those two statements are logically or mutually exclusive. They can't both be true, okay? Mm-hmm. Here's another one. Evil exists. Evil does not exist, right? That would be a, if, if your statement or your set of beliefs affirmed both of those, then you'd have a logical contradiction on your hands. So we hear the set of beliefs, God is all-good, God is all-powerful, evil exists, where's the contradiction it doesn't it's not there
1: mm-hmm.
0: well essentially what you have to do is you have to add some other statements to this based off of the first two okay so for example if you commit to the idea that god is all powerful well then it seems hume argues and others do that an all powerful god could actually eliminate all the evil right mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. if that statement is true then it seems to follow that he could in fact eliminate all the evil okay Another premise you could add is, well, if God is all good, then it would seem to follow that he would eliminate all the evil. So now the argument sounds like this. God is all good. Therefore, he would eliminate evil. God is all powerful. Therefore, he could eliminate the evil. But if that's true, then God would, in fact, eliminate all the evil. There would be no evil. And there's your contradiction right there. There's no evil. There is evil that's contradictory. So Mm -hmm. essentially what the atheist would argue along those arguments is that there's an implied logical contradiction in the set of beliefs. God is all good or God is good. God is powerful and evil exists. Now that's an example of a logical problem. Let me again emphasize if that argument were to succeed, it would seem to provide a certainty for atheism. Okay. Mm -hmm. Fortunately, that, that argument doesn't seem very plausible to us. Um, for these reasons, the argument has to add those additional statements. If God is all good, He would eliminate the evil, and if God is all powerful, He could eliminate the evil. The problem is, it seems like we actually have good reasons for thinking those additional statements are not true. Okay, mm. and this is where we could get into logical things about possible worlds, about how it's, they don't have to just be, you know, false here; they have to be false everywhere and stuff like that. I won't do that right now. Okay. I just would say we have reason to think that those two statements are not true. So how about this one of if God was all good, he would eliminate the evil. OK, mm-hmm. well, look, it may seem to us on the surface of things that he would eliminate all the evil. But what if God actually had good reasons for allowing evil to exist? Mm-hmm. Well, if he had good reasons, then it wouldn't follow that just because he's good, he would eliminate the evil. Right? So, Mm -hmm. if it's possible that God has good reasons, then that additional statement that God would eliminate the evil is not true. And that right there would eliminate the contradiction. Okay. Mm. The other thing is well, if God is all powerful, he could eliminate the evil. Well, what if God chose for us to have freedom, the kind where we could choose contrary things? And if that's the case, then it doesn't actually seem logically possible that he could make us free and eliminate all the evil actions of the history of the world. So mm-hmm. that's not necessarily true either. So you're back with those those types of critiques. You're back with the original set of beliefs that God is good, God is powerful, evil exists, and there is no contradiction there. So those logical problems, so to speak, don't really actually produce a genuine contradiction. Does that make sense?
1: Mm. Yeah, okay.
0: I mean it gets it gets a little tricky and all those things. So all that to say those kinds of arguments have just been deemed failures by not just Christian philosophers but even by a lot of secular atheistic philosophers that that's probably not, now this doesn't mean that the problem of evil goes away. It just simply means that that particular form of the problem is not generally speaking you can always find an outlier liar in philosophy but generally speaking that kind of argument is not deemed a successful argument today. Okay. okay. Now, there's one other kind of argument that is also kind of a logical type of argument, and it's an argument from our lack of knowledge of what God's reasons are for doing something. And there's the same kind of response that we could offer. Okay, so some atheists could argue something like this, that if God exists, he would have good reasons for allowing evil. Second, they would argue that if God had good reasons for allowing evil, we would know what those reasons are. Third, we don't know what those reasons are. Therefore, there are no good reasons, and therefore there is no God. <laughs> this is an argument that basically requires that basically says you and I would in fact know what those reasons are if there were, and since we don't, that must mean that there's no God. Now, Which seems a little
1: pretentious, I guess.
0: Yeah, I mean, so there's there's a school of response in response to this called skeptical theism. Okay, Now, skeptical theism, let me clarify, because everybody probably freaks out a little bit when I say that. The skeptical theist is not skeptical about God's existence. The skeptical theist is actually a believer in God. He believes that there is a God, generally speaking, the God of Christian theism. What the skeptical theist is skeptical about is our ability to know what God's reasons are. Right. So that, that premise that if God had good reasons, we would know what they are, the skeptical theist says hogwash. Why why would you think that we would necessarily know what God's reasons are for allowing evil? He could actually have really good reasons for allowing evil that none of us have any access to knowing at all. That's entirely possible. So that premise is a faulty premise, and therefore the entire argument falls apart. Okay. All that to say, these are the kinds of arguments that atheists have put forward here. And in short... The logical brand of arguments don't generally seem to be counted as plausible arguments. Um, there's, There's some people out there that have not given up hope that they can make a logical argument against Christian theism. But generally speaking, while these kinds of arguments would have been really popular decades ago with atheists, they are not generally very popular today because for the most part, everybody sees these to be these kinds of arguments to be failures. Interesting. So... That doesn't mean the problem of evil goes away, though, just because that,
1: that's the brand. <laughs> that was my next question.
0: <laughs> yeah, It doesn't mean that they go away because this particular brand or family of arguments is not seen as being all that successful. By the way, just be on alert, though, because not everybody, I mean, you can always find an outlier. There's, that is to say, I, I remember years ago when uh, my first book, God and Evil, came out with Chad Meister that we edited I wrote uh, an article in there on the logical problem of evil, outlining what I just described. And I remember an atheist that reviewed the book. He went through every single chapter and he uh, critiqued our, our chapters one by one. And I remember when he critiqued mine, You know, I basically made the comment that all atheists agree that this argument is dead. And he was very quick and he was right i should add to know that no that's not true there's still a few atheists that think these logical arguments could work and he's right about that and all i'd say to that now is eh so you found a few outliers i, I can i feel very certain that the general consensus amongst philosophers of religion christian and non-christian today is that these kinds of arguments don't work okay yeah So that takes us to evidential arguments. And essentially, whereas logical arguments try to prove with certainty there's no God, evidential arguments just simply try to argue that in all probability, there is no God. So these are probabilistic arguments. And essentially what they're going to argue is that the evidence against God's existence outweighs the evidence for God's existence. Hmm. Hence why they call these evidential types of arguments. Mm-hmm. Um sometimes you can hear the first you'll hear the first kind of argument that I presented to you the logical kind as deductive arguments mm-hmm. and sometimes you'll hear this kind of argument uh offered as an inductive argument or as an empirical argument but generally speaking we all call them evidential arguments. Okay? Okay. Now essentially and here especially let me emphasize what I said a minute ago It's just like the arguments for God's existence in that there's not just one cosmological, teleological or moral argument. There's rather those are families. Okay, Mm -hmm. so I tremble to even venture an example (laughs) argument here of what evidential arguments are going to look like, because they all, depending on the philosopher making them, they're going to take such a wide variety of different forms on how they'll flesh that out. Okay, but against my better judgment, let me just offer this one. Okay, Um, essentially, the evidentialist atheist philosopher would say something like this, that um, there is abundant evidence of evil, uh, which they premise as that counts against God. Right. So and they point to the diverseness of it all over the world. They point to the perverseness of it. It's so brutal. They point to the fact that it attacks the innocent people, children in particular. And look, they're not short on ammunition here. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: People say, "I don't know if it's that bad, dude." Just watch the news any given night. Just watch the news, even prior to 2020. Man, you just pay half attention to the world we live in, and and constantly we are bombarded with tragic, awful, gut-wrenching things. And what they're going to argue is, "Hey, listen." all of this abundance of evil that we're seeing, this all counts against God's existence because surely it wouldn't be this way if there were a loving God, gracious and kind. And he cared for the little children and stuff like that. And then they'd say, I know, so that's one brand of evidence that they look at. And then they'd say, hey, here's a second brand of evidence that we need to look at. And that is, there doesn't seem to be any good evidence to support God's existence. You know, you can't prove him empirically. You can't prove him logically. You can't prove him in all these different ways. And so there you have it. Lots of evidence that counts against God's existence, very little, if any, evidence that counts for God's existence, and therefore, most probably, therefore, uh, most likely, there is no God, is how evidential kinds of arguments are going to essentially work, okay?
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Now, I think that there's any number of ways that we can respond to that. I think, number one, whatever you do, don't deny the perverseness, the intensity, The widespread nature of evil in our world. Don't do that Mm because it's there, right? Again, they have plenty of ammunition to point to in that. I think the insistence, however, is to make the point that, well, sure, it is that way, as you described. Oh, but by the way, it is exactly the way the Bible describes it, too. So, in other words, this doesn't seem to surprise Christian theism. In fact, Christian theism seems to anticipate this. And account for it in various ways. And so I could argue, I think, therefore, sure, you're right. There is all this evil that you're talking about, but evidently that's not at odds with the very perspective of Christian theism. There's work to do there in defending that further, but that's essentially the, the direction and trajectory I would go in response to that kind of thing.
1: And so it's it's, it's kind of this idea of saying, if I could say this back to you uh, for this, this latest one, This is not a problem for Christianity because Christianity encompasses it. Christianity explains it, and Christianity, essentially the narrative of Christianity overcomes it.
0: Partially, yes. What I would say is actually a second thing as well. I would argue, and again, there's work to be done here philosophically and theologically to make these points. But what I would argue is, is that A... The evil that exists, I'm not denying the evils there, but A, the evil that exists is consistent with the God of Christian theism,
1: Mm.
0: one, and two, is even predicted by the Bible of Christian theism. So Mm. all of that to say, the premise that that whole move to marshal, when they're marshalling all this evidence that supposedly counts against God, the entire move I'm making back in response is to say, no, it actually doesn't count against God, because Mm -hmm. it's consistent with what he's done and who he is, but it's also consistent with the story of Scripture that we would have. Maybe in the next podcast, we can get into a Christian account as to why there's evil and suffering in the world. So the second second move that they make to say, well, there's no evidence for God. Now, look, I really don't like to be snarky in response, but (laughs) man, I must say, hogwash. Look, you could have pulled that off years ago decades ago, when natural theology was seen as being dead in the water and a non-starter. Yes, you could say things back then of, oh, you can't make any arguments for God's existence. But if if an atheist tries to say that today, that is just, we must call foul. That is incredibly Mm -hmm. disingenuous because natural theology and the arguments for God's existence made a a roaring comeback in recent decades, as we've talked about in some of our other podcasts. And and if you're interested in some of those arguments, then go back through some of those other podcasts as just sort of a starting point for where you can go to start thinking those through. But man, today, philosopher, theistic philosophers have done phenomenal work over the last few decades in marshalling some very strong arguments that support theistic conclusions. And so I just don't think that they can actually say the evidence is stacked against Christian theism the way they say it is, because it's not. There's mm-hmm. tremendous amounts of evidence that you can point to that supports theism. And so the argument from the evidential arguments I just don't tend to see is uh are serious issues that we have to think through. They're varsity level questions, as I like to say. Mm-hmm. But I also think there's some varsity level answers to those as well. Yeah. And Christianity is yet again proving itself to be far more robust than its critics would like to pretend it is. It's mm-hmm. just more resilient than that because reality itself is on our side. As we've yeah. talked about some of these other podcasts when we talked about arguments for God's existence, there's just too much evidence that that something is out there and, or someone is out there. And um, so anyway, evidentially speaking, I don't know that – those arguments gonna be all that successful. Now, let me just say this. Those are the two big ways that in apologetics and in philosophy of religion, we see arguments from evil being put forward against Christian theism. Mm-hmm. They're important arguments. They should be taken seriously by Christian intellectuals, but I'm convinced that none of these are the actual problem of evil. And wow. I say that because I don't, I like to say this in every class I teach. Evil is not a problem because you've got a couple nerds in an ivory tower somewhere debating it philosophically. Mm-hmm. Evil is a problem because it jumps up off the street and it punches you in the gut. And yeah. when it does that, it has, for non-Christians and frankly, sometimes even for some Christians, it has the ability to unsettle you and rock you in such a way that you find it very hard to hang on to in God. And it's, yeah. it's, it's ironic that it does that because that's the very moment that you actually need God the most. Mm-hmm. So, um, all that to say, I don't think either the logical or the evidential arguments are really the big problem. I think the real big problem is what I've called earlier the existential argument or mm-hmm. sometimes called the religious argument,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, or the experiential problem, but we need to go okay. back on another podcast to do that.
1: Well, that sounds good. This has been, this has been really helpful, uh, to just sort of break down these different sides and see that, you know, It could feel like it hits you in the gut, like you said, but at the same time, uh, there's a lot of uh, force on the other side as well. That's right. That's right. All right. Well, thanks, Jamie. Let's uh, do this again. All righty. Hey, everybody. This is Jamie and Joe again. If you like this podcast, would you leave us a rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts? That helps other people find it. And if you have any questions, we'd love to hear about them. Just go to jamiedude.com
0: slash questions and send them in that way. And we'll take a look at the most frequently asked questions and give them a shot.